I know it's past some of you dinner time. Amen. Just hold on just a minute. Give me 10 minutes, okay? Turn with me Jeremiah chapter number 32. Jeremiah chapter number 32. Appreciate our visitors being here with us this morning. We appreciate you being here. We may be a little odd, amen, but that's all right. We, uh, we appreciate what God has done for us in our life and appreciate what God's doing in our church right now. Appreciate how God's moving, amen. And uh, my heart cannot begin, the words cannot begin to express what my heart's feeling right now and how thankful I am for what God is doing. There's some big things that we've seen just right here this morning. Some of you may have missed out on those big things. There's been some big things. Uh, and I appreciate the Lord for doing those things. I'm going to read to you one verse of Scripture, and I just want to give you just a little, a little thought here. Uh, we'll, we'll try our very best to be very brief, amen, and not be a hindrance to you and not be a burden upon you, amen. But we want to give you this thought. I believe that uh, there's somebody in this building, you need some encouragement this morning. I felt a, uh, there's been a spirit of hindrance in the building, and uh, there's been this something that's, that's just bound a little bit. And it may be that you're here this morning, you need a, you need a little bit of encouragement. Sometimes we all get to the place where we're discouraged. We all get to the place where we think that it's not worth it anymore. As you look in the book of Jeremiah, you find that if you, uh, you study about Jeremiah, he was called the weeping prophet. He was a prophet that he wept and he cried. And God had given him, God, God used Jeremiah to send a warning to Israel before they were taken off into captivity into Babylon. And Jeremiah was the prophet that preached and he seen hardly anybody listen to his preaching. He was cast in prison. He was beaten and scourged. And he was a man very similar to what Jesus was at and that people did not receive the preaching that he preached. And uh, we find that in many times in the, in the book of Jeremiah, he was somebody that was called from his mother's womb to preach the word of God and to preach what thus saith the Lord. And then we find in one place in the word of God there in the book of Jeremiah, we find that he wanted to quit. He even, he even made plain. He told it plain. He said, I want to quit. But he said there was a fire burning in his bones that he could not quit. And then in verse number 17, knowing all that, that Jeremiah was this man that he faced uh, people that would not listen. He faced rejection on every hand. He faced an audience that would not hear, that would not listen. Rather, they placed him in prison. They placed him in bonds. They beat him. They scourged him. They done all these things. And, and no doubt in his mind, the devil placed thoughts in his mind that it's not worth it. We've heard that this morning. It's not worth it. It's not worth the trouble. It's not worth the preaching. It's not not worth the time. It's not worth the prayers. Those people ain't going to listen anyway. But in verse number 17 of chapter number 32, he said, Ah, oh Lord God, behold, thou hast made heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. You may be seated this morning. I just want to encourage you with a very simple thought this morning in the house of God that there is nothing too hard for God. I want to remind you this morning that we're not just serving any God. I want to remind you this morning with a simple thought and with very simple preaching this morning that the Lord that we serve, He is the God of heaven. I, I, my friend, that when we come to the house of God, we don't come I, I, for some strange God. I, we're not coming to a God that's made out of graven stone that's been carved out. I, we're not coming to a God that we've made up in the theater of our mind and the theater of our imagination. I, I, we don't come this morning to a God I, I, that has been brought down and handed down through tradition. I, but we come this morning to the God of heaven. I, the God that stepped out on nothing. I, hung every star in place. I, created a universe in divine order. I, I, my friend, he put the stars in the sky and put every constellation just in order. I, and in the book of Genesis, we find that he done that I, I, for time and for years and for seasons. I, he done that for signs in the heavens. I, he done those things 
things for a divine purpose. We don't serve, we serve a God this morning that nothing has ever occurred to. My friend, that my friend, he knew everything planned out. It was mapped out in the theater of his mind before he ever created anything. He knew what would take place. He had a foreknowledge. He's a divine and a holy God. Can I remind you this morning that though we may face troubles that we do not know the answer to, though we may face valleys that we go through, that it seems as though there's no way out on the other side, though there may be prayers that we that it seems as though they will never be answered, it seems as though we pray, and those that we're praying for, they become wickeder by the day, and they become more distant from the things of God. The harder we pray, it seems as though in our life, the more that we serve God and the more that we try to witness, we try to work in the church, the more that we try to praise the Lord, it seems as though the more there's a spirit that comes against us, an adversary that's working against us. It may be in your finances, it may be in your marriage, it may be on your job, but there's something constantly working against us. Can I remind you this morning that the God that saves you by His grace, that come to where you was one Sunday morning, Sunday night, or sometime or another in your life, sought you out by the grace of God, reached below the bottom and plucked you up out of the miry clay of this world, and saved you by grace. The same God that helped you through the worst valley of your life, the valley of sin, the same God that spoke peace to your soul, the same God that's helped you in days that have gone by since then. Can I remind you that that's the same God that we serve this morning. Yes, we've seen some big things this week. We sat down in the middle of Gatlinburg, Tennessee. I don't know if you know much about Gatlinburg, Tennessee or not. My friend, but it's a city that's stricken with sin. We've seen, my friend, how you walk down the street of Gatlinburg, you'll find distillery after distillery after distillery. You'll find wineries and breweries. My friend, you won't go many stores down and you'll find all those things and they advertise it as a family-friendly town. I say, God, help us this morning. My friend, but we seen the God of heaven set down in the midst of that sin. I say, where sin did abound. Grace did much more abound. Hey, may have been people walking up and down the street drunk, but there's a little conference center right in the middle of that town. Honey, they was young people, my friend, shouting for the glory of God, getting in an altar and getting things right with God. You know what we've seen this week? We've seen 1,600 young people come into one room together. Honey, it'd be hard to get 1,600 adults in one room give them to agree. We've seen 1,600 young people come together and when we walked in that room, there was no doubt about it. Those were Every one of those young people was there for one purpose and that was to do business with God and to worship God. It wasn't about them. It wasn't about their church. It was about worshiping a risen Savior. And they came together. The first night they flooded the altars, getting right with God, getting sin out of their life, repenting, making things right. We've seen them getting right with each other, getting right with God, getting right with their youth group, getting right with their, their church workers. And the next night we've seen heaven fall and God move in because there were some folks that was willing to come together in unity and get sin out of their life. And oh, how God blessed. Right there in the midst of that sin. Sin all around us. Oh, but God showed up. I'm glad there's nothing too hard for God. Over there in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, they place those distilleries and they say that that's our mountain heritage. Moon shining. I say God help them to go back and get a little bit of history. Why don't they go back and see some of them real moonshiners? Most of those moonshiners got saved by the grace of God. That's why they ain't still doing it today. I say, thank God my wife had a grandpa. Hey man, praise God, he was a moonshiner. But you know what God done? 
done. They don't tell this story over there. All they tell is about running from the law. All they tell about is drinking and getting drunk. Hey man, my wife's grandpa was a moonshiner. Honey, he got saved by the grace of God. God called him to preach and God used him for the glory of God. He may have started out on a rough path and a rough track. Oh, but God stepped in the midst of his life. I say there's nothing too hard for God. I believe God was trying to show that city something. Amen. Every, every evening when we walked up and down the streets of Gatlinburg, we carry our Bibles and dressed up. And one after one evening we come through there and there's some, some ladies sitting over there by the bench. And hey man, they got to looking at us. I seen them looking at us and agreeing. Hey man, they said, boy, it's good to see folks dressed like y'all are out here. Hey man. Then we come through another evening. He man got standing right. We had to walk right by them things, but out them distilleries. We were standing right out in front of one of them. He man waiting on some some kids to come on, and we were standing there. And there's some folks. They just nearly run us down just to talk to us. He man, they was glad to see somebody that was carrying a Bible in their hand. He was glad to see somebody, my friend, that had the look of God on them. That's the only reason they won't talk to us because they knew we'd been to church somewhere. They knew we was carrying a Bible in their hand. Hey man, praise be unto. God. God, our world is craving the things of God. Our young people are craving the things of God. They're craving to be right with God. They want the power of God in their life. They want things to be different than they are this morning. They want this world to be different than it is right now. They want their lives to be different. They want their family to be different. They want to be lined up and right with a holy God. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. We've seen all those kids and God burdened my heart with the thought that how God encouraged us this week and God encouraged me greatly this week and I begin to think about how we, how our church needs that same encouragement because many times we get the mentality as we did when it was, when we was a little kid. You remember when you was a little kid and how mom and daddy tell you to go do this or go do that and you'd say, it's too hard. Amen. Remember saying that? Amen. We still say that as adults. Older we get, we still say that. We say, it's too hard, God. I've been praying for somebody for years, and Lord, you've not saved them yet. Can I remind you that there's nothing too hard for God? These young people sitting here this morning, that we've been praying for for years, literally years, that God would save them, and God would touch them, and God would do in their life what needs to be done. And honey, God came through. I say, there's nothing too hard for our God. You say, well, preacher, I'm just not convinced. Maybe that's a fair tale what you're telling me. Well, do you believe your Bible? Look at the children of Israel. They stepped in. Some 70 souls into Egypt grew, my friend, to several million people in 430 years. They was in a place of bondage that there was no way. They didn't have any strength within themselves. Had my friend to break the chains of their own bondage. There was no way that they could get out in the power of their flesh. Well, but God stepped in the midst. God raised up a man in the name of Moses. God anointed him with the power of God. God used him as a deliverer. God softened Pharaoh's heart. God sent those plagues in and God delivered the children of Israel. Whoa! I say there's nothing too hard for the God that we serve. They got over there the River Jordan. My friend they've been in the wilderness some 40 years. The River Jordan overflowed its banks. It was at flood stages and they could have stood on the other side of the river looked back in the wilderness. I murmured and grumbled like they'd done for 40 years but they was tired of that. And honey they believed God. When God magnified Joshua and those priests stepped out in the River Jordan. Those people 
people followed him on over into Canaan's land. Yes, there was battles to be fought. There was walled cities. There was giants in the land. Well, but they was being led by Joshua and Caleb. Two men that had been found full of faith. Two men that had been found that believed and trusted God. It had been 40 years that since they looked over from Kadesh Barna into Canaan's land from the wilderness and they were still saying the same thing. Those giants ain't nothing compared to my God. Hey, honey, these grapes in the land, these fruit, these milk and honey, that's the land that God promised us. They were still saying the same thing, that there's nothing too hard for our God. Then I look on the pages of the New Testament and I find over there in John chapter number 8, I find a little woman who was caught in the very act of her sin. No doubt when she bowed down that day, she had been drugged in by the Pharisees and they began to pick up the stones and maybe she'd look up and she'd take a glance at them and, her, and their knuckles began to turn white at the grip of the stones that they had. And she could see the rage in their eyes. She could see the anger. And she knew that she was caught red-handed. She knew there was no way of escape. And even if she did escape, well, she'd still be condemned for the rest of her life, for the remainder of her days. But Jesus, He didn't come in in a big whirlwind. All He done was slip through the crowd down to where that woman was and he began to stoop down the Bible says and he began to write with his finger in the sand and he began to say him that be without sin let him cast the first stone and he just continued to write he never looked up honey the Holy Ghost was pointing the fingers he wasn't no man pointing the fingers the Holy Ghost of God was pointing the fingers amen and when he looked back at that woman he said who condemns thee and she said no man and he said neither do I condemn thee I say this morning if you're bound in sin it feels like there's no way of escape for you to get out of the chains and the bondage you're under I want to say to you there's nothing too hard for our God he sent Jesus to the cross of Calvary that suffered bleeding die for you that Jesus' blood might secure your redemption that it might pay your price that the chains of your sin might be broken free that you an unworthy sinner that I an unworthy sinner might be redeemed and saved by the grace of an almighty God that we who are aliens of the commonwealth of Israel strangers without hope and without promise that we might be made nigh by the blood of Christ that the middle wall of partition could be broken down that we could enter in the holy of holies that we could commune with God and as little John said that we might have fellowship with him I'm glad this morning that God wants to have fellowship with me I'm glad the blood of Jesus makes that possible you say preacher it's been a long time since I've had fellowship with God I want to tell you this morning, there's nothing too hard for God. He's able this morning, if you'll do your part and you'll confess to Him, He'll do His part to forgive and fellowship can be renewed. A lot of people out of fellowship. Amen. Out of fellowship with one another. Out of fellowship with God. There's nothing too hard this morning for our God. We We pray for big things. I believe that's faith. Amen. I don't want to pray in a way that when God speaks, to, when God does what we're asking Him to do, that men say, well, boy, they, they just done an awesome job. 
with the service. I mean, they had it orchestrated and they sung the songs at the right time and the preacher got up and he, he said everything just exactly right and in order. I don't want them to say, man, that church, they've got it all going on. I, I don't want to pray in that way that when God answers our prayers I, that somebody could look and say, man, look what that preacher done. Look what that Sunday school teacher done. Look what that church done. I, I want to pray in such a way that it's bigger than I am, I, that it's bigger than you are. I, that when, when God does answer our prayers I, and I said when God does answer our prayers. I didn't say if. I said when God answers our prayers. That folks look and they say wow. Look what God done. You say preacher we're not living in that kind of day. Hey the same God that was then. The same God is today. The same God we met with last week is the same God of today. The same God that sent revival in days gone by is the same God today. The same God that took Israel from a nation that had been cast out into bondage my friend and delivered them as the same God that can deliver this very people sitting here this morning. It's the same God that can deliver our nation. To you and I, we look across the nation and we say it's too far gone, it's too big, it's too vast, there's too many people and too many minds to change. Can I remind you this morning, there is nothing too hard for God. I understand this morning that we cannot stop the Scripture and that things will come to pass. But honey, Moses stood for his people one time in the wilderness when they murmured and grumbled in Numbers chapter 14. And God was going to kill that whole bunch. And He was going to raise up a new nation out of Moses. My friend Moses got down on his face before God. And he stayed the judgment of an almighty God. My friend, he interceded on behalf of those people. And God changed His mind. Amen. That's exactly what happened. I say 2017, God's people get right with God. We get the place we want to do what God wants us to do. And we come one mind accord to uplift the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe with everything in me that God might stay His judgment a few more days. I believe God might hold off just a minute or two that we might get these lost loved ones in. Honey, I believe the only thing holding back of the trump of God from sounding right now is the prayers of the saints of God. It's the prayers of some mamas that's been weeping and crying. It's the prayers of some daddies that's been up on the ridge top begging God to save their young. I believe that's the only thing right now that's hindering my friend the Lord Jesus from coming back. Maybe God will stay just a few more days. Yes, I want Him to come. These times I want Him to come more than others. I want to get these lost loved ones in. Amen. You say, preacher, it's impossible. There's nothing too hard for God. If you're here this morning, you're lost. I want to remind you that Jesus is fully able to save you to the uttermost. Amen. I remember when I was a lost sinner, I remember all the things that run through my mind. I've talked to a lot of lost people in my life and I, I, I can remember many things that's been said. I've heard that God won't forgive me. I've done too much. I, I've heard that, 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 that I just don't feel right. I've heard all kinds of different things. But I want to remind you that God is fully able. That there's nothing too hard for Him. He's able to remove every doubt. He's able to forgive every sin. Hey, my friend, the blood of Jesus wasn't shed just for a few sins. It wasn't just shed for a few little bitty things. It was shed for all sin. It covers it all cleanses it all washes it all away and then there's people that are struggling this morning and we all go through this these days that we struggle and these days we come out victorious and then these days we slip back into a struggle amen Satan fights every one of us tooth and toenail and God's a blessing our church in a mighty way I'm going to warn you and remind you one more time very quickly I'm not going to give Satan any glory 
But I want you to know this morning that the more you serve God, the more you're going to be in a battle, the more you're going to be in a fight. I want you to know when you wake up in the morning, the best thing you can do is go to church. Amen. You say, preacher, I can't go to church before I get on the job. All it takes is you and the Holy Ghost to go to church. Amen. I've seen our young people this week, and God showed me a few things. And I've seen them go to church morning and evening for four days. And they didn't really have time to think about hardly anything else. When they got up in the morning, they were constantly thinking about getting ready for church. And then by the time we got out in the, in the morning service, we had activities to do. But our minds was constantly pointing toward that evening service. So our minds for four days straight was constantly centering upon church. Amen. And during that week, Sister Barbara, Brother Ira, Bobby, Miss Keon, the rest of you, during that week it seemed like that God just lifted all the burdens of our souls. I don't know about you. They come back as soon as we pull back in the parking lot, praise God. But for a week, God lifted the burden of our soul. You know what God showed me when, the, when I felt the way them burdens hit me again? You know what God showed me? God showed me that we need to go to church. Whether we're right here in Jackson County, North Carolina, or whether we're over there on the mountain. Amen. And when we wake up in the morning, we ought to have church. Amen. We ought to commune with God. We ought to have fellowship with God. And we ought to let our minds focus toward the next time that we're going to commune with God. And everything else will fall into place. Amen. But we need to put our focus solely and wholly upon the things of God. Amen. We get our priorities all out of order. And our focus is all out of source. And when we do that, we become a people that operates in the power of the flesh. Much like Simon Peter did. How when he told Jesus, when Jesus was telling him about his death, and Jesus, my friend, rebuked him. And he said, Satan, get thee behind me. And if you read that scripture, you'll find huh, that Simon Peter was worried about the things of man. That's what Jesus told him. And not the things of God. Amen. Do you realize this morning that you're being used of Satan when you're more worried about the things of man than you are the things of God? Amen. That hits home for me. For you. When you become to the place that you're more worried about the things of man than you are the things of God, you're being used of Satan. Amen. And you're being a hindrance to the work of God. Amen. There's nothing too hard. Jesus is fully able to give you that focus. You say, preacher, I just can't remember. Preacher, I just can't keep my focus on God. Put the ball in God's court. Say, God, help me to remember. Your mind is like a computer. It is. You don't think that a computer disappeared out of nowhere, do you? Amen. There was somebody had to build that thing, create that thing. Somebody had to put that together, and they used their mind to do that. Your mind is like a computer. It stores stuff. It retrieves it on command. Your mind pulls up pictures, images. Your mind remembers things. Your mind, it puts things in order. It, it, it transcribes things. Your mind does all sorts of things. But we've got to focus the power that we have on the things of God. You say, preacher, it's too much. There's nothing too hard for our God. Young people, I want you to remember there's nothing too hard for our God. Jonathan, I want you to remember, son, when you stand for the Lord, there's nothing too hard for God. It's going to be bigger than you are, son, but it won't be bigger than God. Liam, where you at, buddy? There's nothing too hard for God, son. There's nothing too... It may be bigger than you are, but it ain't bigger than God. Church, I want you to remember it may be bigger than you are, but it's not bigger than God. While everybody stands all over the building.
Every head's bowed, every eye closed. You may be here this morning and say, Preacher, there's things in my life, there's burdens on my heart right now that's bigger than I am. Won't you cry it like Jeremiah did? Oh, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Would you come this morning?